statistic that says that only five uh, percent of the world's oceans have been explored by us. Uh, I don't know if that is precisely true that we've only explored five percent of the oceans. I don't know how anyone would really know if that was true. It sounds right to me, and I got to tell you, I uh, I love that stat for all kinds of reasons. I love to think about. and 
This is the carpenter's son, and now he's too big for his bridges. But Jesus wouldn't let up. He kept pressing them that it was true, kept trying to tell them that it was true. And Luke says they were filled with wrath and meant to throw him off a cliff. This is the seemingly inauspicious beginning of Jesus' public life. Scripture never downplays this. It never pretends to 
is like this wild, ferocious howl into the presence and realm of evil. It is a fierce scream into the presence of evil. It's so overwhelming, and the lightest presence is such a flood that there is no pitched battle. There is no battle at all. This thing has Jesus in fear. Have you come to destroy us? And Jesus doesn't even answer it. He's silent and come out, is what Jesus says, and it's done. Luke says he came out of him, having done no harm. All at once, this work of evil is undone, and this man is restored to what he was meant to be. He is whole again. And church, that is the healing work of Jesus. That is the healing work of Jesus. That's how he serves people like you and me. That's how he's serving us right now and how he will forever. He restores creation to what it was meant to be in the first place. He restores creation to exactly what it was meant to be in the first place. You know, sometimes we, we talk about the healings of Jesus as interruptions of the natural order of things, right? And I understand why we would say something like that, because we live in this world we imagine is closed and works always the way that we think it works. But the theologian Justo Gonzalez suggests something way more accurate when he says that Jesus' healings are not the interruption of order, but rather the eruption of the true order into the disorder of the present world. And to follow Jesus in faith, church, is to be part of that. It's to be part of the eruption of the true order of the world into this present broken place. It's to be an object of that healing first, beginning with the forgiveness of our sins, continuing with the renewal of our entire life by the Spirit into the image of Jesus. And it is also for people like us to be a part of that healing and restoring work in the places where we teach and work and study and parent and play everywhere we go. So Jesus leaves with great acclaim. The word is, is spreading even on that very day. And he heads to Simon's house. We don't know if he heads to Simon's house because they just wanted to get some rest and a bite to eat or if they knew that Simon's mother-in-law had a high fever. In either case, that is the situation at the house, and when they get there, they appeal to Jesus for help. Now listen, it's not a grave situation. It's a fever. Okay? It's a fever. But even so, Jesus rebukes it. And it leaves her, and immediately she rose and began to serve them. She too, like the man in the synagogue, is now restored. She is made whole again. She is made the way that she is supposed to be. And this is a quiet moment. It's a private one in a home. It's for the comfort and relief of this one woman and her family. Now, just knowing that about Jesus points to his compassion. He is the good shepherd. And the fever of this one woman, it matters. It matters. 
It's good to remember that. It's good news of the kingdom of God that Jesus says in verse 43 that he has come to preach. The good news of the kingdom of God is not some disembodied pie in the sky kind of thing. It's about the flesh and blood of the world that we live in. And if you want to know how that could possibly be true and what it looks like, Simon's beautiful mother-in-law is the evidence that it's true. She had a fever, and now she doesn't. Whatever had caused it is gone. And I guess you could say it's a small thing, but it matters because it reminds us of the shape of our faith. Jesus is remaking the entire creation back into what it was meant to be right now. Right now he is doing it, and we are a part of it. The faith that he calls us to, listen, it's not made up of little private uh, spiritual transactions with him in our brains. It's not about our brains alone. Our faith is not even primarily about our brains. It's about the flesh and blood and sweat and tears of our own bodies and the bodies of our neighbors. Scripture doesn't say that our last enemy is just not thinking right about stuff. Scripture says our last enemy is death and that Jesus means to do away with it. The good news that he came to preach is deeper and wider and more good than we can ever hope to understand. Nothing has been, is, or will be untouched by the goodness of his kingdom, even our sickness and disease, our broken bodies, even death itself.
Father, we ask.